0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we'll study God's Word. Well, good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Ran, your transition lead pastor, and hey, we have good news today. Our children's ministry opens today. Can we clap for that? So what that means, if you are one of those young ones or you're feeling young today and that's where you just want to go, uh, head on out. You guys are free to roam right now. You can head to the doors. Uh, They'll greet you and meet you there. Uh, And so head on out right now. And everyone else, stand up and just say hi to somebody maybe you haven't seen in a while or just take a stretch. All righty. Hey, so glad you're with us today. We're kicking off a new fall series called "Together Remembering." You might not know it, but we're in this year-long theme uh, about being together. We call it "Together We Are PCC." It's it's our theme for our entire transition year that we're involved in, and so. During the fall, together we're remembering experiences that inform our future. It's a study of the book of Deuteronomy. We haven't studied the book of Deuteronomy in over 25 years together as a church. And back in uh, spring of last year, God put it on my heart and felt like, boy, there's a reason for us to get into this. And so I start today with a question. And here's a question for you. What are the memorable scenes in your life where God taught you key lessons that inform your future. Notice it doesn't say informed like it's already informed. It's informed, meaning it's ongoing. So what are the memorable scenes in your life where God taught you key lessons that inform your future? Because today, in the book of Deuteronomy, it's all about remembering. It's all about remembering. When I think about it, I think about it as a scrapbook where... If you and I could sit and look at your life, and at certain times you'd point to this page and be like, oh, 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 let me, sh- let me tell you this one. <laughs> let me tell you what God did here. You know, we sang that song, I've seen you move, I've seen you move, you know, move the mountains. And this would be one of the, hey, well, wait, this is, wait, let me, oh, this one's even better. This is a mountain moving time, all right, where God does something and he teaches us a lesson. Sometimes it's super practical. Like a guy told me after the last gathering, it was about obedience. He and his brother were not supposed to ride the moped. But guess what they did? They rode the moped and guess what happened? The car hit them. Okay, guess what happened? They lived and the moped got killed. But he remembers on that day, his remembering was, I should obey. There are certain times I should obey. I have a a scene in my own life. I call it my uh, dislodged tuna fish sandwich scene where it's 1992, it's before a ministry event. I'm woofing down my dinner, sitting in a prayer circle, and all of a sudden, something's stuck. And it's not the Lord, but it's the tuna fish sandwich in my throat. And I am choking on a tuna fish sandwich. Anybody ever choke almost on a tuna fish sandwich? You know, that mayonnaise, that combo bread, that tuna, that thing can get stuck. And I began to panic, and then it began to come out. And it went. And fortunately, it came out. And you know what God taught me on that day and that scene? Hey, Bri, sometimes you need to slow down. And sometimes, Bri, you just need to chew more. It's really that basic. Chew more. Some of you need to chew more and slow down. God, that's one of the things God wants to teach us, I believe. How about this scene? I call it the downer and downing. I'm encouraging you to remember your scenes and give them labels so they stick with you for the rest of your life. This is the downer and downing. Downey, California. I'd never been there. I never need to go back because I had a downer when I went there. It was 2005. It was my 10th year in ministry. It was supposed to culminate that year in Minneapolis in a celebration of my ordination with our denomination. But I had to go to Downey in March before the summer to give them my final paper and go through a dissertation board where they critique my paper or not. And my is supposed to align with the covenant and their theology, and I'm, that's where you get through the final hoop. Well, I fly down in my suit, I present my paper, and they say, not good enough. The worst was it was a peer board, so I knew some of the people. It was so embarrassing to be turned down by the people that you know and that you thought they loved you at the moment. So I did my best thing. I fought back at the meeting. I got angry. I told them how entitled I was and what I thought of them. I handled it really well, didn't I? On the way home to LAX airport and to drive back, I cried because then the shame was kicking in. I'm supposed to be ordained in front of all family and friends in my wife's hometown of Minneapolis. And now I have to go back and tell my church, I would never tell you back then, but at least my staff that I'm not getting through. And I was told on that day, Brian... Did any older pastor who had wise covenant knowledge help you write this paper? No. And that's what I learned on that day, let people in. I went on to have the most memorable experience with a pastor named Jim who touched my life forever over that next year. I needed it. Remembering matters because it informs our future. But we got to remember. 20 years ago today, I stood right here, and gave a message at my daughter's Emma's memorial. She was two years, four months. She died three days before 9-11. It went from miserable to out of control. And then the next day was a memorial. 30 people couldn't even show up because they couldn't get on planes because all the planes were shut down. But I stood here on that day. She was two and a half and had a heart ailment. After three surgeries, she dies of an infection. And we said goodbye. But over the last 20 years, the scene of that day began this journey of seeing recycled suffering in some remarkable ways. I've seen the mountains move in the fact that how God has shown how that terrible situation could be used for such good in the lives of others through ministry and just in general life. It's worth remembering, folks. Because if we remember what God has done, it will inform the way we live. Remembering matters. It really does. It matters. Remembering is really the fuel to the fire of our faith. I want you to hear that and see that. You'll see it on the screen. Remembering matters for it is the fuel to the fire of our faith. Think about it. Think about this. If you take out the fuel of remembering what really begins to happen the light goes down it begins to diminish and when the light A faith begins to diminish because you forget. Here's what happens then. We begin to lose our direction. And when we begin to lose our direction, we actually start to go our own way as opposed to towards the light. Isn't that true? And when we go our own way away from the light, we begin to stray what from? The truth. And now, do you feel how far we're getting away from this? And as we stray from the truth, we begin then to miss out on the protection And we begin to miss out on the plans and the power that he has for us. Do you see how much remembering matters? Because it's fuel, and if that light goes out, it takes us all the way over here that we wander. And here's what's even scarier. When we wander from all the way over here from his light, and we're way out here, we actually take some other people with us. And now we've caused them to stumble. But... When you begin to remember and it begins to refuel you, oh my gosh, this is where remembering is not an individual experience. It is actually has corporate, corporate power because when you remember, it fuels my fire of faith. And when you remember, Crispin, because you've told me things you remember, my brother, and it fuels the fire of my faith, that's the power of of remembering, and that's why remembering matters. So ponder this. If remembering's that good, uh, why don't we? Why don't we remember what God has done? Like, we've seen mountains moved, We could all probably share an experience or be like, I think that was God, because it was good. But why do we not remember? A couple things come to mind for me. Uh, we're just forgetful. I mean, I'm 53, it's getting bad, okay? I actually thought this morning that our Subaru had been stolen. I really did. I came out to the top. I walked up our steps. It wasn't there. I opened the garage. It wasn't there. I didn't even need to drive it. I had forgotten the plans that meant that the Subaru was gone. I came down to my office, and I pondered after our prayer time, and I thought, I'm just going to walk back up to the house because we've had a bike stolen out of our garage. So I'm like, they got it this time. They took the Subaru. I walk back up to the house. I'm supposed to be getting ready for the day, but I'm like, where's my Subaru? And I walk back up to the house, and it's not there. And I'm like, I felt all the emotion, like it's gone. Oh, my gosh, they took my Subaru. And I started to think about the things in my Subaru. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I turned around, my head down, I started to walk back down here, and I went, oh, Satan is totally messing with me. And then I remembered, oh, my daughter went for an early morning run. She took the Subaru. How forgetful? We had that conversation last night. We are forgetful people. Can you relate? Praise God we have our Subaru. (laughs) We get caught sometimes in the present and future, and that causes us to forget what God has done. The emotions win. We actually want control in our lives. Isn't that one of the bigger things? We want control. So we're like, uh, forget about that. I'm taking over right now. That's what happens. This falls, we study the book of Deuteronomy, God is calling us to be a people of remembrance. And open up uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, open up to one of the very last chapters, chapter 32, verse 7. It's a little, little statement but it's powerful because it's one of the last times that Moses says this, remember, remember. Moses says it 16 times in the book of Deuteronomy, but this is one of the last, and look what he says. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you your elders, and they will explain it to you. Remember. God doesn't put the same word in a book in order for us to forget it. (laughs) remember 16 times. Let's flip to the very front of the book of Deuteronomy and look at the very first passage and let's get the context and understand what is going on here and why would he call them to be people of remembrance? Well, it's pretty straightforward. These are the words of Moses, spoken or spoke to all Israel in the wilderness on the east of the Jordan. It's giving a location here. It takes 11 days to go from Orb to Kadesh Barnea, By the Mount Seir Road. In the 14th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. Let's get some timing down. You've just given some timing. The first day of the 11th month. Go back to the previous slide. It says the first day of the 11th month, and it's November. Let's put it in our context. They didn't call November November back then, but let's call it November. It's the first day of November. Moses is standing on the east side of the Jordan. In a moment, you'll see a picture of this. And he's proclaiming things to them about their past. Now, let's look at this next slide. And it shows where they were, actually. The Israelites had been traveling from Egypt and gone to uh, Mount Sinai. And there they got the Ten Commandments. And there they were supposed to head straight to the Promised Land, Direct road, all right, the road they mention here, the road Mount Mount Seir, and head right to Kadesh. It's only an 11-day journey, that's what it said. But guess what happened? They didn't remember well. They didn't obey well. They got forgetful. The light went out, and they started to stray over here. It ended up, instead of an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh, they went on a 40-year journey. A 40-year detour of disobedience, a 40-year detour of trying to re-figure out who God was to them. And now they ended up 40 years later on the east side of the Jordan River before Jericho. And Moses has lost all his compadres his age. They're dead, okay? He's standing now before the youngest generation. And he's proclaiming to them what? I want you to remember. So let's sum this up it's moses it's the israelites it's the leader to be joshua that's coming and it's the next gen that it's right before the promised land and he's calling them to remember this old book of the bible called the torah the torah is just the first 5 chapters in essence the fifth one deuteronomy was just being lived out this whole journey of deuteronomy goes from november to january this whole book is only a 3 month scene in the life of israel Remember, November 1st, in December, you're going to see he dies. Not our December, in December in the book of their timing, he dies. And then in January, they head to the promised land. God is calling them to remember the Torah because the word Torah means this, teaching, direction, guidance. He's saying, let's remember where we've been because it's going to inform our future. PCC, we're in the exact same place. That's why I feel God put this book on my heart. I would have never chosen to teach through Deuteronomy. I mean, who does that? Okay? But we, like the Israelites, are on a journey. We, like the Israelites, here's where we are, heading to a promised land, a new future. We, like the Israelites, you have a leader. I'm Moses in this story. In many ways, I'm not going with you. You're going to bring a new leader in here who will take over and lead us into that promised land even more. Side note, you have the opportunity to nominate the people who pick that person. Between now and the next two weeks, it's vital that you get on our website and you type in search team and you push the button that says nominate and you fill in some people you believe should be your leaders to do that. You can even put your own name in and then a selection team will select those people. Other side note, You have an opportunity to vote on who the leader is, but you have to be a stakeholder and you have to go through a process that's an online process and an individual process with our gathering pastors. Do that so that you can help shape the future. I encourage you to do those two things this week as we move forward. Back to the story. So does everybody get where they are? It's 40 years later. They've forgotten a lot and gone astray and now they're trying to get their act together before they go into the promised land. And Moses calls them on this day to one specific thing to do. He calls them to a lot, but he said, "Here's the key thing. Let's look at what it is that he wants them to remember." Go to Deuteronomy six four to eight. Deuteronomy six four to eight. This is known as the Shema. It's just a Hebrew term that means listen or obey. It's a prayer that they had been given prior to this time, and they asked them to say it day. And night. Why? Because they wanted them to do what? Remember. So they gave them a prayer to remember the core concept, the core key things about their God. And here's what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So to hear, they're just not saying just listen. They're saying listen and obey live this out, O Israel. We want to encourage you to use this line in your own life. What if you recited this in the morning and in the evening? What if you put your family's name in this? Hear, O Renz. Hear, O Brian, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What if you said this before each meal together? It's a reminder to remember who God is, and it centers you so you don't stray. We become stronger people of faith when we hold on to these truths. This verse is telling us a few things. Can you see where it says Lord, and it says it many times, and you see like they messed it up. Why is it in capitals? No, 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 that's intentional. Because in the Bible, sometimes Lord just has a big L and lowercase o-r-d, and then other times it's the Lord. Because this is the term Yahweh, the God of all existence, the God who created all existence. So they're calling them to remember the big God. When it's L-O-R-D, small, small O-R-D, capital L, it's Adonai, the God of relationship. Isn't it good? It's both. The God of all existence we can know, and then that God wants to Adonai, be Adonai to us, relate to us. And then it says, the Lord is what? The Lord is one. It's pretty simple. The Lord is number one. <laughs> okay, that's what they're saying him. But when they phrase it like that, they're also saying this. He is unique. He is singular. There are no other gods like him. Because aren't we easily drawn to other gods? Can anyone relate to other, being drawn to other gods? Oh my goodness, am I drawn to other gods. But The Hebrews, just like us, are reminded, no, there's only one. Come back to this one God. And then look at the devotional piece at the end. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with your entire being. I have a question for you right now. What else do you give your all to instead of God? You'll see it on the screen. What else do you give your all to instead of God? Oh, there's so much temptation to do that, right? It's so easy to give it. Sometimes I give it to a substance, don't I? Like, oh, give me the chocolate. Give my all to this. Give it all to me, all right? Sometimes it's sensuality. Sensuality is such a draw. I mean, let's not deny that, church. And it's such a good thing, but we can be overly drawn to it, our sensuality. I'm not saying don't go there, but you got to put it in the right box, right? We all know that. Just like I got to put all the chocolate in the right box and keep it away from me sometimes. Believe these gods. How about status? Oh, I love some status. Give me some likes on Facebook, all right? Look at, you know, look at my Instagram and like me. We love status. Look at, my, look at my academic, you know, stature. We love status. How about security? The God of security. Oh, fill my bank account because that is so much more fulfilling, it seems, than God is at times. Can you relate to this? Or how about the God of self? I just want it my way. Everybody get out of my way. Just the God of self. We have all these other gods. And here's what's so beautiful. If remembrance is the fuel to our faith, you know what confession is of our other gods? It's kindling. Confession is like kindling because if you, if you grab a handful of confession and throw it into the fire and admit that these other gods are really what you like sometimes they burn up and then the flame of faith enlightens. Are you with me on that? That's where confession is so powerful. So don't get down on yourself when you're drawn to other gods. Just take those other gods to the one true God and let them burn them up and let the light of faith explode. Because then we'll be doing our journey with God. And when you take that confession to Him, you're giving all your heart, all your strength, and all your mind, and you're reigniting your faith. So, church, don't condemn yourself for the other gods you go after. Just do the right thing with them. Take them to God. This passage closes, and it goes on to tell us that we should take these commands, and listen to what it says, that are given to us in this day, and it says, impress them on children. So pass on what you know about God. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehands. Write them on the door frames. What the text is telling us here is remember and pass it on. So PCC, as we move forward as a church, oh, I want to challenge you to participate moving forward because we need to be people of remembrance because we will be a stronger church and stronger individuals in faith as we move forward into this new land with our new leader. And we need that. Our new leader needs us to be those type of people. It's what God's calling us to. And so I want to encourage you. Will you remember and let it be the fuel to the fire of your faith? And I have these different ways I want to challenge you to participate moving forward. Here's the first one would you really begin to identify what are your top five remembrances of what God has done? Will you ponder those? At one point, we want to get people sharing about those and even get them up in here. What are the ones that you remember? My daughter's death and standing here 20 years ago to this day actually fuels my faith. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. That's taken 20 years. But we have these moments that, have, that can fuel our faith. We need to know those and share those with one another. So what? I want you to figure that out. Another is, will you take the Shema, maybe customize it to your own way, and share it, or, and convey it day, and convey it night? Would you listen to the book of Deuteronomy? Maybe not even read it this time around. Give yourself a different way to get it in your soul. Listen to it. Get the U version app, press play, and let it just resound. And would you listen to the first four chapters before next Sunday? I would ask you. There's a reading plan you can get on our web. You can see it, but first four chapters before this next Sunday. And would you consider getting in a group? Tuesday night, men, come over to the fellowship hall. We're gonna study Deuteronomy. We're calling it Deuteronomy, all right, for Tuesday night. Stole that from one of our staff people, but join me and let's see what God does as we do this together. And then would you consider getting on a prayer call once a month, or excuse me, once a week on Wednesdays. There's a Zoom button on our website. You could join as many people as can. We just pray for our body for 30 minutes every Wednesday. All right, I want you to take a moment. I want you to look at those. What are you gonna do? Let's stop and confess our other gods right now and then ask him to guide us. I'm gonna give you a moment. Here we go. Oh God, thank you. that you gave us this book, Deuteronomy, that's known as the second law. It's the reminder of the first law, the only law. Lord, forgive us for forgetting. Lord, we take a moment to pause right now and confess to your other gods. So go ahead, take a moment in the quietness of your heart, just confess, what are your other gods? Is it self, is it security, is it status, sensuality, is it a substance? What are your other gods? Confess them. Let them burn up. Now ask God, ask God to lead you. What's your next step in this series? What's your next step? Is it to read? Is it to listen? Is it to say the Shema? Is it to get in a group? God, make a way, make it clear. Lord, we are your people. Help us remember so our faith comes alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.